Welcome to Geek Out Weekly, the podcast where we geek out not so strongly. Um, I was talking about this with someone I was recording another podcast with about how our SEO is just fucked. Uh, well, <laughs> there goes that explicit tag right off the bat. Um, but like between um, Gods of Wars and Gears of Wars... Um, yes. And, uh, which are in the gaming thing, which Out of Lives has some SEO around, uh, uh, and, but it's also just the fact that Google really wants us to spell it W-E-E-K-L-Y. So when I Google Geek Out Weekly as someone who is like, they've profiled to like know about this, it sure says, it, it doesn't even say, did you mean? It's, it shows the results for W-E-E-K-L-Y. Yes. And then says, if you want results for W-E-A-K-L-Y. So for those of you who have found us, thank you. Hi. Uh, I'm Adil, the Rambler, uh, and I'm joined this week, as most weeks, by Ben. Hey. And what are we talking about this week, Ben? Uh, we are going to chat the first couple of episodes of Marvel's new show, or their first Disney Plus show, WandaVision. Yeah. That we are, yeah. So they're the two only extant uh, episodes. Uh, they were released all over the world, I think. Well, all over Disney Plus World yeah. last week, mm-hmm. uh, which is nice because there wasn't a delay like there has been in some series between like UK, US, etc. Um, Ben, do you want to just tell a brief premise of the show, Ooh. and then we can go into some details? Yes, putting you on the spot. Uh, so uh, the show follows Wanda Maximoff and Vision as they have, in some way, uh, coupled up together and are living in this very 1950s suburban town, at least for the first couple of episodes. Right. So it's filmed in black and white. Um, it started off with the... Did it go all the way through with the 4-3 the aspect ratio as well? I don't remember if that was the whole thing or just the adverts and the intro role. I, I didn't pick up on that but i will i'll, I'll get back to you in mm. about four seconds um uh, it is four three I, I think it was four three and i think it, when it come came up with showing the marvel banner it kicked him with that. that's like one of my first comments i made it was like oh good they've actually thought about this excellent yeah. uh, but it follows them living this suburban life essentially and being most of the time very confused about why they're there what they are doing, how to live this kind of life. Uh, and the show throws in lots of little hints, um, which haven't quite started to pay off in the first couple of episodes uh, it, to anything more than us knowing something is amiss. Um, I'm sure we'll theorise about what that issue may be um, kind of coming up. But that is that is generally the show. It kind of tries to follow that 1950s sitcom sort of pattern. Um, yeah. It's not quite, what was it, I Dream of Genie um, and Bewitched. Bewitched. Yeah. yeah. But, but actually, um, it's uh, it's very much uh, the Dick Van Dyke show. Right. Yeah, yeah. In both the, like, so this is my first question for you was uh, outside of, Tell us what it's about. Is what's your experience with these these shows? Out of curiosity, um, um, it, it, they're not things that I have watched a lot of. They're not the kind of shows that I watch. I remember seeing some either super early on in the morning on like Channel Four when there was only four TV sh- channels here in the UK, um, or, or or seeing them maybe a little bit later. 
lots of kind of references in other um other entertainment products but i don't have a i don't have a history with them i've never watched all of them i've just seen the occasional episode yeah so i'm similar except except with the, with the exception of um the Dick Van Dyke show, there was a period where it was just airing at the right time, and I remember mm. watching episodes with, with my family and my sisters especially, uh, like, for a stretch of time. Um, and it's like good old-fashioned wholesome fun sitcom, right? It's the, big, the, the early days of the sitcom where everything is yeah. very overacted, pastiche, idyllic. Um, but what I found out um, is that... Uh, Guess who was consulted on these episodes? Oh, I've got, I, I suppose now you've mentioned it's going to be Dick Van Dyke, I suppose. It, it is Dick Van Dyke. Really? Yeah, he was okay. a consultant on these. Wow. And there's a really nice, so I, I, I really liked the theme song of mm-hmm. the Dick Van Dyke show. Uh, and so I have the, like, parts of the, the, the opening still in, in my memory. Cause when, like, the two were tied together and I, like, have reinforced the memory by just, like, humming or whistling along to the, original song and there's he walks in the door and does the very overacting dick van dyke thing he traps over trips over the settee and like goes whoa 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 and catches himself or like half tumbles right yeah it's 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 the very dick van dyke tumbling thing uh and in the opener in episode one where they do the whole we're doing the sitcom opener uh vision walks into but then visions through the (laughs) settee And it's such a lovely nod to the Dick Van Dyke show because he's like, aha, I caught myself versus like the way more physical hijinks. Uh, It also is such a good, I thought, example of showing how they're going to show powers Mm. in this because it's like weird twinkly animation whenever he like phases through something versus just in like modern Marvel movies. He just phases through things. But now there's like a twinkle. Uh, But I just thought it was a lovely touch. And um yeah, so I was wondering about that because so much of this, like, rings fairly true to my, at least my memories of these. I haven't really watched these shows in well over 10 years, probably closer to 20. Mm. Um, things like, um, the, like, the way, so like Wanda doesn't have her Wanda accent that everyone makes fun of. Yes. Because they are in a American sitcom. Uh, but she, the voice Elizabeth Olsen puts on is very pronounced. It is, yeah. And she is doing the TV of the 50s where we say all of the syllables really well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in, in a way that's kind of distracting. Um, but it fits the pastiche, right? Uh, but I thought it was a very interesting thing, not only getting rid of her accent, but being like, wow. Cause like vision, mostly sounds like vision yeah a little yokely ish but like he's not nearly doing that enunciation thing that like mary tyler lemore does in the dick van dyke show and and um and her own show i think uh which i thought was a really interesting touch mm. um yeah so i just wanted to bring bring that up uh that in like like it's so like the first episode, the, the, the central premise of the episode is they don't know why they have a heart on their calendar. They assume that they've forgotten oh, yes. their, something important, but don't want to confess it to their loved one. And then it turns out it's the boss coming and his wife coming home for dinner because it's, uh, he, it's Mr. Hart and they put a heart on the calendar as shorthand. Um, 
And that's such a standard, stupid... So there's so many, like, tropes from these shows. There's the, oh, I couldn't possibly reveal that I'm a, the bad partner. There's the um, the phone. Like, they have the phone call misunderstanding because now he knows, Vision knows about the heart mm-hmm. thing. And But Wanda is like, I figured it out because she doesn't want to let, let her guard She's down. She's been chatting with they, a new friend who's like, oh, it's obviously this. And these are these yeah. are all of the things that you have to do. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, and and the the setup is so like painfully archaic and cliched, um, right? Like, it's just like, and then he even they even talk about it, but they talk past each other in a, in a plausible way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they have the the boss dinner being up and down. But and so I haven't seen Bewitched and stuff, but I assume. Between Bewitched and I Dream of Genie, they have all these like quick distract this person while the magic happens yep. type thing. Um, so I mean, that, the episode is just is just actually it brought back weird feels of like oh yeah, I remember watching these types of silly shows, um, mm. which again wasn't a large part of my life, but I think it worked. And so I suspect for people, especially I'm assuming Americans who probably saw these more in syndication, these shows, I suspect uh, a lot more. Um, Warm fuzzies. Okay. Uh, yeah. But here's a question for you that uh, I have. Um, who is this show for? Oh. Oh. I'm hard... jumping straight into it because, like you said, there isn't a lot of plot, and I want to. I want to save all the like details of the switcher, like the, the overarching plot yes, to later. Sure. But I think the, this is the meat and potatoes of like the general. Yeah, and we've and we've had Push a question. We've had a question in the Twitch chat as well. Is it good? Mm. Um, I think mm. both of those tie in together. Is it good, and who is it for? Because I can see it being very good for people who enjoy those types of fifty shows, who get a good kick of nostalgia out of these, who wanted something a bit different from MCU as well. Uh, people who don't just want all of the action, they want a little bit of story, they like that slow build of things. Um, for me, the answer to your question and the, and the Twitch chat question is, is it good? I'm not quite sure yet. Is it for me? At the moment, not really. Uh, and I think I probably speak for my wife as well who within the first 10 minutes went, can we just skip to the last five minutes and see what happens? Because it's, <laughs> it's too slow for me. Uh, and, and, and she's really a very, she, she likes, she likes all of the Marvel films. Um, you know, she's not quite as au fait with like, source material and all of that sort of stuff yeah. as say we are, but she's a very casual Marvel cinematic universe or cosmic universe, uh, whatever we're leading think- into now, fan. And even for her, I don't think it's quite there. So, I mean, I think, is it good? It's sort of hard to tell when there's clearly, like, a plot that is slowly being uh, unfurled. It's mm. kind of like um, when people talked about Lost and, like, is it good? Is it worth it? On, like, season two where people were like, it's kind of dragging. I'm not sure. It's like, is it worth continuing on? And that's, unfortunately, kind of a personal thing. but. Yeah. I would say that I'm still intrigued. I do have, like I said, some experience with the, um, with that type of show, but I, I agree. Like, I don't 
you know, the second one was also a huge cliche, like, oh, the talent show and the queen bee. But I also feel like they are packing in a lot of these cliches into, like, a couple of episodes with, mm-hmm. with, versus, like, you know, the, the din, like, a lot of these misunderstandings or whatever would be stretched out. Learning, we met quite a few people in quite a little amount of time, mm-hmm. which suggests some world building. And we're already starting to see, by the end of episode two, some fracturing, some yep. pretty significant fracturing. Uh, we'll get it to, like, the vast last ten minutes of, of episode two and what we think about what that means in, 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 a bit later. But I, I, I think... I don't think we're here for very long, um, mm. which is why I think it's hard to tell if it's good or, or or what. I think it's very remarkably brave of Disney, given their usual conservative stance of trying new things versus knowing what works and doing that over and over, to start with these two episodes, not on the weekly, but like, here are these two pastiche things. It's very experimental. Have fun. Uh, and I'm, I'm hoping that shows that like all these new Star Wars and new Marvel things that they're proposing have, um, have more experiments. Uh, I also suspect that we're not, like I said, I suspect we're not here for, for that long. Mm. Um, just because like, so the, like the, the weird moment of like episode one really, except for the toaster commercial with the red diode, cause the whole thing's in black and white four by three, yes. as you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a red diode on the commercial for the Stark toaster, and it's red, right? Um, but then the whole thing is like the boss chokes on a bite of food, uh, and everyone just sort of watches, and you don't do the standard Heimlich hijinks, which you're kind of expecting. The over because it's such a big like that's yeah, and it, such and it a Dick Van Dyke saving. It hits his wife's plate or drops in her lap or something like that. Yeah, uh, and instead, everyone just watches. And the the wife, the boss's wife, just sort of goes in a loop, being mm. like, uh, "Stop it, stop it, stop it." Yeah, and in, in, a, in a more in mechanical, a awkward, sort of laughy kind of way, like she's she's trying to play it as a joke. But it, it, it's there's there's this, this interesting point with this, with all of the characters, as to whether, and it, it, this comes on to kind of like theorizing about what's actually happening, but whether these are actual people. And they have something making them do this, but there's some semblance of themselves. So she gets, while she's trying to play it off as a joke, she gets very flustered and agitated and then quite sort of scared and builds up through that kind of emotion as she's repeating these, these same words because she's obviously in a loop of some kind, but has maybe some kind of uh, sentient thought, at least in terms of the situation that's happening without trying to break out of this loop. Like, it's, it's interesting. There's loads of interesting yeah. things happening, but. Yeah, and I like that. So what I like about it is that it's all under the hood of this mm. pastiche send-up of I Dream of Genie and Dick Van yeah. Dyke and whatever. Um, I just don't know how, how much Marvel Goodwill can carry that forward for people like you who just have mm. no experience with that. Or yeah, people- yeah. People like Kim who like the Marvel things for the Marvel setting. Um, cause, uh, we'll, we, we'll, we'll touch on, well, well, actually, let's finish this. Um, so, so yeah, so like, it's this weird, it seems like she's playing the role. Haha, <laughs> stop, stop pretending to choke, stop pretending to choke. But like in the real TV show, quote unquote, there'd be more panic and then there'd be a save, like there'd be that. And mm-hmm. instead she's just on her face, it's she, and slightly in her tone, she's like, 
more concerned, but then she just sort of stops escalating and just loops yes. at the same moment, which yeah. I think is a brilliant piece of acting by, can't remember her name, but she's the mum from that 70s show. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel bad now. I don't remember her name. Uh, but, uh, and then vision, like instead of Heimlicking, like lays them down and just vision, visions out the thing. Um, and that's after Wanda sort of seriously says, Vision, stop him, in a very, again, kind of robot, or help him, I should say, robotic voice. And that's sort of the end of the, then they all just get up and leave like nothing's happening. Yes. Right? Yeah. Um, and so that's like your first real hint that something's weirder than the 50s. Mm. Um, I think maybe for those of us, uh, who maybe haven't been keeping track, um, how did we last see, when did we last see these characters? Disney Plus has a little Marvel Legends short that reminds people of the oh. histories of the of these pe- uh, characters which uh i didn't know about until someone on facebook mentioned which i think probably would help especially the non-marvel people who are curious mm-hmm. but w- when was the last time we saw them? uh the last time we saw them i think vision was a big part of infinity war um having had the stone ripped out of his head uh, towards the end of that, before Thanos does the snap, he obviously then isn't in Endgame. That's the right way around, isn't it? Infinity War before Endgame. Uh, there, he isn't in in Endgame. Uh, Wanda, I uh, think, turned to dust at the end of Infinity War, but comes back in Endgame and and then participates in the big fight uh, at the end of that. Um, yeah, at the end of that. Film, yeah. so that's kind of the last time we see them in action. Vision, obviously, is quite a big part of Infinity War, um, but they were both introduced in Age of Ultron, weren't they? Yeah, so they've not the been is- they've not been in it for very long, like a phase, essentially. Yeah, I mean, so Vision was like the perfect version of Stark's Jarvis, essentially, which is also where Ultron kind of comes from. Mm-hmm. Uh, and of course he had the reality stone in him. Yes. Uh, which is why <laughs> Thanos kills him. The yellow one. The mind stone, sorry, the mind stone. Right, of course, because that's what gave him his sentience. That's what makes him more than just a, another Ultrabot mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, yeah, oh, but so, so he doesn't come back obviously because he was killed before the snap and yep. because a lot of his being is tied to the stone, which mm-hmm. was not part of undoing everything so like i think that's important because we get a sense that they're displaced and like they are hazy so in episode mm. two we find out or in that episode at the at the dinner they're asked like how long you've been married why don't you have a ring where are you from uh, and they neither of them remember yeah and, and, the, and they feel the, kind of distraught yeah and the husband the, the, the boss uh he he chokes doesn't he uh, just after he's saying like why are you here yeah, he's like, a, just, a, a just tell times. us, yeah. Slam. It gets angry. Why are you here? Mm. Yeah. Uh, and, 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 and again, you get this sense that, like, Wanda is, like, she just tells, like, in this very, like, commanding way, Vision to solve the problem. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, so with this backstory, you gotta be like, oh, so is Vision one of the constructs? Or whatever, like, whatever they're in. Is he part of the thing versus, like, if you didn't know this, you might think both Wanda and Vision are just in some sort of thing. Yep. They're somehow in this 50s thing. Uh, but that moment, along with knowing that Vision didn't come back, sort of rem- rem- made me think, oh, is he part of whatever this is? Mm. Um, 
And I think that's super interesting because he still has his powers, uh, and he, he, he's in the same sort of epistemic position as her of like not remembering anything, knowing they're weird and having to hide it. Um, episode two, kind of the same. It's again, like the overtop is, is just this like talent show thing and you meet the, Emma Caulfield plays the queen bee of the town excellently. Uh, it's a, I mean, she, it's really interesting because I know her mostly from Buffy, obviously, mm-hmm. uh, um, where she played that demon who's in now in human ho- form and sort of just doesn't get humans and is very like detached and really self-centered because she's a demon, but also like learns her like learns what it is to be and appreciate other people. And here she's like, it's like that first version with no powers, just but socially with social prowess. It's a very interesting, yeah. like, yes. yeah. It's like both the same role and remarkably different. Mm. Um, and she does it really well, I think. Um, but yeah, uh, and on the way to the talent show meeting, we start to see other colors, right? Yeah. So when she cuts uh, her, when she cuts her hat, is it Dottie, the character's name? It's Dottie, yeah. yeah. So, so Dottie cuts her hand, but before that, um, on the, before they get to the meeting, there's that, uh, yellow and red helicopter oh, yes. yeah, yeah. in the bush yep that they had that like you get some sense maybe that was what was making noise outside not the tree branches just by the the shot back to the tree branches mm-hmm. that they were worried about in the very jokey part of the show um yeah so you see that then when they're alone after the meeting dotty uh someone starts saying wanda who who where are you who what's happening Who's put yeah, through you there the radio? Like, yeah, yeah, through the radio, and both of them are very concerned about this. Uh, and and uh, Dottie's like, "Who are you?" Uh, and like, then the radio starts fight, like static gets louder, etc. And then the glass in Dottie's hand shatters, and she's cut, and the blood is very red for mm. a black and white show. Um. And she, like, makes some comment about how a housewife will clean up after herself and wanders off screen. Um, and that's sort of, like, all you get until the very end? Uh, yes, of the, of the kind of the, the, the displaced idea of them. I mean, it, it does go back into the, into the sitcom sort of, um, tone for a little while, as you say, until, until right at the very end. Uh, well, but it, it's clearly a, a sitcom TV show, which I find very interesting. Yes. Because, like, yeah. when he chokes on the gum, which is a very common presence, instead it goes into an animation mm. of the gum go, gumming up the works, which is a joke they literally make later in the show, um, and, like, gets trapped in the gears inside of him, even though obviously he doesn't have gears. Uh, and that's, like, a plot point of the episode, is that the gum messed up his mechanical insides, which... Again, makes me think that he's part of the pastiche because mm-hmm. a robot in that time would be gears and whatnot, and and Vision was like this phasing magic robot. With, you know, like, yeah, right. Nano machines um, or something. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, so yeah, so so it's it's an interesting balance that I think they mostly pull off, and I <laughs> think the problem is the balance assumes that you are entertained by both pieces yes yeah very true i I think the the talent show and paul bettany's 
uh, performance as essentially drunk vision um was very good and i think is probably my favorite sort of uh scene of the sitcom element so far um just because it's played very well by both of them there are you know that they're, they're both they're kind of pulling on their powers in in interesting ways to try and cover them you know to well not vision to try and cover it but one was trying to sort of counter and cover up vision doing his I think it's, a, yeah, it's, it's so hilarious it, it, and so it's, well done it's funny it's a good back and forth between them um it, it shows them you know, shows them both off and their capabilities still, and whether Vision is part of some kind of mind construct that that Wanda is in, or whether it is some kind of big place that they've been housed by someone that's watching them, or whatever that yeah. kind of element is. Um, it's it's interesting that Wanda doesn't seem to have, or at least understand that she has kind of control over the situation. When you go back to the first, to, to the scene in the first episode where she tells Vision to help him and he instantly yeah. does it, there is nothing in that scene where she suddenly goes, Vision, stop. Or, or, or something like that. There's no control there. It kind of just plays out. And whether that's because she's not quite sure about what she, her capabilities and that sort of stuff. Is very interesting and does play more yeah. into the, the the wider um story about what what is actually happening to them. So let's just I'm gonna let's quickly cover the end of episode one mm-hmm. and the end of episode two because those are the like the reveal-y parts and then we can go into what we know about the universe and then therefore our thoughts. Yeah. Um. So the end of episode one is super interesting because they play fake credits, the credits of the WandaVision show, the black and white thing. And then they zoom out, they pull out of a monitor watching the show, and it looks like generic science base, and there's someone at a, with a keyboard sort of watching this monitor. And then, so you're like, okay, so someone's observing this. We don't know in what capacity, mm-hmm. whether it's like watching a mind or, like you said, trapped in some sort of thing. That's why I mentioned the, the word construct earlier, yeah. right? Some, some sort of thing that is observable. And then we cut to the regular credits. Which are also begin. The first part is just literally like a tech demo of how LCD screens work, which yes, I really enjoyed. Yeah. I was like, ah, pixels. Oh yeah, layers of pixels. Yep, cool. Th- this is kind of accurate. And then there's like a rose and whatnot, and it stops being accurate. But like that first like 15 seconds is like literally uh, like the layers of an LCD panel and the like red layer. Anyway, uh, so we then roll back to before we can do that. Uh, at the end of episode two, um, Paul, uh, they hear another noise outside and Paul Bettany plays his neighborhood watch in fifties dad, um, and like wanders off. He goes outside to confront the issue and then the, there's a manhole cover and I was, and like part of me was just like, how, how nostalgia pastiche can this go? Please be a full color animation of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles emerging from it. Just <laughs> have the world collapse. But instead, a black and white dude comes out in a beekeeper's outfit. Mm-hmm. And so you sort of see some, some bugs surrounding him. And he's got the sword symbol on the back of his, um, outfit, which was also a, also on the little model helicopter. Yes, it was on the little helicopter. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and he just turns and looks at them, uh, and then 
Wanda says no, I believe. Yeah, uh, does he like say that. something? I've got a, I've got a vague recollection that he actually says something first, uh, but I don't uh. remember what. Um, and then yeah, Wanda says uh, no and reverses time essentially, doesn't she, to take them back to before they heard the noise. Yeah. Mm. Here I got the scene right here. Oh, a replay of the scene he- live. Oh. No, no, she says no. He just, he, he does a, and looks directly at them, and then she says no, right. and then we okay. kick into rewind. Mm. Um, and then, they play the first line of that scene, but then they don't hear the racket outside, and they kiss, and mm-hmm. suddenly Vision's face is purple. And then, slowly the whole, they embrace, and the whole world gets colorized. Um, and that's, the end of the episode. We we kick into regular credits. I just just tried again to think where another element comes in, where Wanda uh, suddenly has a baby bump as well. Oh and right, right. That, so that's the beginning that, of that scene. That's the beginning of that scene. Yeah, where it leads then into the noise and them going outside because that's why they're embracing and kissing at that point. Right. Because yeah. they realise that she has a has a baby bump. A, a very prominent one. Mm. Right. So this ostensibly is like the day of the talent show where she's been in the skin tight sort of outfit and then they come home and they're chatting and she's back in her, the outfit she was at the beginning of the day. But now she has a bump and he, and he's just like, huh? And she's like, ah. And like a, that's not how babies work. <laughs> and then they, they, so they're, yeah, they're about to be celebratory and they hear the noise mm. and they go outside. But now everything is in color and it says the end and we cut to regular credits and we don't do the zoom out. Mm. Mm. thing which is why i wanted to bring it up because it's like what we do get instead is while it's doing this colorized the end which is still very much of a time right it's still like cursively drawn the end kind of thing um you know and like the diamond uh cutout iconography for for the the end um you hear the static and someone on the radio again being like wanda who's doing this to you i think yeah, so those are the only clues we have, is that there's mm-hmm. someone trying to get through somehow. There's The sword is somehow involved, um, or at least their iconography, and that Wanda is has some control. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, do you have any other comments about like the content of the show before we go into what we think about it? No. Um, I can't remember the actress's name who plays the neighbor. Uh, Catherine Hahn. She's yes. great. And she's very good. Oh, in she, that case, if we're going to talk about she hams, she hams it up just just so well. Mm. She knows exactly what the role is, yeah, yeah, and how to play it. Like, uh, like she's way better in this sitcomy universe than than the two leads. Mm. Um, like, they're pretty good at it. I think Elizabeth Olsen's really good. Um, and it's hard because Vision's like, I feel like not given a lot of lines to. Like, he's kind of the straight man of the. They're pairing, yes, ish, because she's she's the one who they do these like cutouts and the she has to overact and like over emote for the camera because that's how things used to be. Well, he's just like a Mah! and then just a gregarious dad character. So I think it's harder to it's easier to see her doing the pastiche, I guess. Mm. Um, but uh, yeah, I think uh, Catherine Hahn as uh, Agnes, yeah, yeah, uh, is great. Uh, but the other thing I really appreciate is um, it's a really multicultural cast. Yes, it is. Yeah. For a 50s yeah. show. There's a brown dude. There's a black woman with speaking lines and who is 
also like outside of Agnes, the only like friendly person mm-hmm. really that um housewife Wanda meets. Um yeah, and I think like it's not made a big deal. They're, like they don't put a hat on it. It's just like these are the people in the town. Yeah. And I, you know, I wouldn't be surprised because they're just small characters in a black and white show. If the the douches that usually complain about SJWs just didn't notice, in a way that a lot of people arguing about representation say, you know, we need more people of color and women in as extras because mm-hmm. it turns out extras are predominantly white male, which is really weird considering the world isn't um anyway i just thought that was a thing to note yeah definitely. um before we move away from like the content of the show mm-hmm. uh so i think it's worth giving a go uh, if you're unsure i almost want to say wait but we'll, i guess we can get to recommendations at the end of the show where yeah. it would normally be but yeah um so uh things i know is that uh Wanda in the comics, Wanda Maximoff, uh, who is a mutant with the power of changing reality, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, small. Magneto's kid, uh, one of Magneto's kids, uh, there's a little storyline called the House of M. <laughs> Tiny one. Yeah. Uh, do you want to tell us what that is? Um, if you have it off the top? I do not have it off the top. That's something I read a very long time ago. Yeah, I'm just looking in when it was. Uh, 2005? Jeez. Was it really? Yeah. Um, so, but basically the Scarlet Witch, uh, oh, now I can't remember when she, oh, it's the end of House of M is what I'm thinking of. So basically, Scarlet Witch and Professor X make a new world where we, things are better. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but then, um, uh, let's see. <laughs> uh, sorry, I'm just trying to read the thing now because I've, I've I've gone deep deep into it. This uh, is the problem when you kind of half have something up to to reference. They're like, yeah, oh, just, and then I'll you're just, like, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so basically, um, Quicksilver dies, um, in the big House of M fight, and then Scarlet Witch comes, brings him back to life, and then she says, we're freaks mutants, you've chose this over us and you ruined us, daddy, and then utters no more mutants, and the world goes to white, and then the new version of life on Earth of 616 for a while, until, you know, the next thing, mm. is, Literally, the, there's like 1% of the mutant population left. The rest have been demutanted. Yes. Mutants are no longer a huge part of the world. Uh, people who had powers before don't. Uh, it's real messed up. Uh, yeah, so the number of mutants in the world has dropped from millions to a few hundred. Um, and then Wolverine gets his pass back and there's this whole shtick, right? And so the, the, why I bring this up is because, um, how between so House of M is her reshaping reality to be utopic, um, and this feels very House of M ish. Mm-hmm. It feels like my boyfriend died, um, and I'm running away. Yep. To this idyllic world, 
um, and he is not alive, which is why I brought up the like commanding of him uh, thing, and the fact that like he's not really seen observing any of these mysterious things. Mm, it's it's very much her who sees, uh, apart from the beekeeper coming out of the sewer. Well, he's with her, like, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's with her. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So so that like my assumption is that this is part of her mental break which is like mm-hmm. classic which is a cool like in the mcu continuity a cool way of triggering it because it was triggered by basically magneto's final betrayal and her brother dying because mutants um and this is like well in this world things are a bit different but she did fall in love with vision quite quickly and they were attached and she had this huge emotional arc mm. in uh, the last of Avengers movies about, you know, trying to save him, trying to, like, like, she rewinds time. No, she realizes she has to sacrifice him, has to go through all that heartbreak to save the universe. It's her emotion, like, it's their arc. And then, of course, because Thanos has the time stone, he just rewinds time and then takes the stone first or whatever, because she, like, busts it. Um, and that was the whole plan. The only plan was destroy the stone, but they do it in front of Thanos so he knows exactly where to go to get the thing back with the time stone. <laughs> like, boy, you guys are bad at this. Um, but yeah, so that's like House of M vibes is what I'm getting mm-hmm. from it. Um, but that doesn't explain a lot. Like, no, it, it doesn't, but it, 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 it's whether, um, so obviously with sword turning up and sword being like shield, but for space, whether alien shield, yeah. Do you, do you remember what that stands for? No. <laughs> Even though we've talked about it, no. Um, something world observation. Now you want to say world? It's sentient weapon observation response division. It makes even less sense the more you think about it. So they're around, sort of around, right? Mm. Um. And I, I wonder whether she has already um, started showing signs of this of this mental break, and it's maybe a little bit of both. So it is a uh, part of this is within her mind, but she's also being watched and guarded over by sword or at least some kind of agents because maybe she has. Uh, you know, admitted herself to something or they have taken her in because she started to show signs of a mental break and deterioration. And I don't know whether we'll get into the idea of that. You know, we're not going to see her suddenly sat in a building and her, her thoughts are going crazy and half of it is gone. Um, so they've decided that she's too dangerous to kind of be out in the, in the world. But I think the two of these kind of differing, thoughts might tie up at some point um i don't think she's being forced to at least for me i don't think she's being forced to live this kind of existence this is definitely something that she is perpetuating but there is a bigger element um kind of sat on top uh, that may be either protecting her or just keeping her away from the rest of society whilst she deals with whatever is going on. Um, I, I can't kind of see it. I don't see how the two of them kind of link otherwise. Uh, and I think it's just a bit, I, I, I can't, and I can't see it being 
someone doing this to her, someone making her be in this world. But I don't know. Yeah, I I, I agree with that just because she has so much power in this world. Mm. Like if someone's making her, it's very odd that she can rewind time and undo the very appearance of this person. Yep. The beekeeper. Uh, yeah, so I, I, I think, so my like gut is she's retreated, created this world. I don't know in what, so my real curiosity is in what capacity does this world exist? Mm. Is this in her head or is she like made a black and white four by three place? And what confuses me is the monitor at the end of episode one, someone watching it. Yeah. It's, it, it is a TV show. Yeah. It, it, how that how does that work. exist mm. in, yeah, in the MC universe? Like, what the fuck is that? Who is, how do you watch that thing and what is she made to be that thing? Is like, I can't quite see how they're going to bring it, those threads together. Mm. Um, I think the beekeeper, so my, my suspicion is that Sword is worried about her and the extent of her powers. And maybe she's, so I thought maybe it's, she's in the mental realm and they've like put her in a box mm-hmm. and they're, this is like one of their people figuring out how to get in. And the beekeeping outfit is just like the world's version of like an explorer's outfit getting into the space yeah. kind of thing. But then it's like, oh, but again, that's why the TV show throws me off. Cause it's like, it's not like she's just created a little pocket dimension. Maybe that they're in, they figured out how to breach it. It seems more likely given her powers than a mental thing. Um, in which case this guy's like literally wearing a spacesuit that looks like a beekeeper outfit or something. Mm. But then, yeah. So it did, it did flash in my mind it, whether this is some kind of, uh, like Truman show-esque element as well, whether the, the, the other people in the, um, in the show are actors. And they are playing up to um, Scarlet Witch whilst she is going through whatever she is kind of going through. But I think that would be a bit too difficult. You know, is she, is she just making Vision appear and everyone sees him? I, and I don't think that quite works or fits with what's sort of going on. Um, but it, there, there is definitely an element of um, you know, with with people trying to get in contact with her and break in, and whether that is, as you say, whether that is sword trying to penetrate through her in some kind of state or in some kind of dimension. Um, Elizabeth Olsen did make some comment that this does lead towards um, the Doctor Strange movie, the multiverse of madness, maybe. Um, mm. So whether. It is either the setup for something coming, um, you know, that, that rather than at the end of all of this, um, you know, Wanda says there's no more mutants or whether she fractures stuff in a way that creates uh, more crossing over of different dimensions and things that then lead into the, the Doctor Strange movie, or whether this is just the beginning and the inkling that she has created something. She is in a different dimension. She has created it. And through the power of Marvel magic, people can just see what's going on and it may be kind of explained. But there, I mean, with Marvel and the kind of the different things that they've done, there's so many things that this kind of could be. And it is really interesting to work out and see where this is going to 
go. And I think that actually interests me more than the goings on in each of the episodes so far. Uh, like just the, the idea about what is happening to them and the, the want to know what that is and how that fits in with the MCU rather than the, the show itself, I think. Yeah, I think this is, uh, so this is, um, the epitome of a zeitgeist moment of wanting to watch the show because you want to try and figure it out and be part of the conversation. <laughs> mm, mm. Uh, cause it's just, it, it is doing all the right things for that, right? It's piquing your curiosity. You know, if you, if you are a diehard fan, you know, like things are coming, you know, multiverse exists, uh, even outside of Sony's chunk of Marvel yeah. with Spider-Man. Um, we, like, we know that there's a, we know Elizabeth Olsen's in the Doctor Strange movie. Mm. Like, is this gonna lead to, yeah, you start thinking, is this gonna lead to her trying to find a vision in a different universe to bring back? Um, what does that mean? Also, she has the powers to bend reality. Is she the key to getting to other places? Mm. Oh, super interesting. Um, I, uh, yeah, that's why my brain went to pocket dimension. Yeah. As like a, she's made her own dimension and that, that's like, for some reason that either lets other universes know we exist or lets Doctor Strange know there's a way to them or something, right? Like that seems reasonable. Uh, I think that Sword is going to cla- be the classic bad thing trying to use her for bad or attack her because there's too worried about it. We can't, you know, the, the same mentality that like the Sentinels are in the regular X-Men universe, yeah. right? The, like you haven't done anything wrong, but you could, and that scares us. So we're going to, rah, mm. right? That is just screams to me. Uh, I think the toy helicopter was a drone, like li- literally like investigating into this space. Um, and she was shutting out whoever managed to get into the space in in the beekeeping like he literally emerged from underneath like there's so many like narrative hooks that seem to bring the notion that they're in a space and this guy got into it yeah um what time is it uh so in in the last chunk of time um or rather one of the last things i want to talk about is what do you want from the series uh but i'm gonna go first because um one, I want more. I want the more of this, more more learning about what's actually happening. Mm. I want the pace of information and clues to accelerate, as it sort of has been. But like, I I want episode three to be a lot more in more than like fifteen seconds at the end. Yeah. Um, but the other thing I want, because obviously the the this series is playing with things, is they colorize. But you notice it's a very seventies. Panavision sort of film grainy thing. I'm sure they're going to stick to sitcoms and just like maybe pastiche 60s, 70s ones, but I'd really like them to change genres. Ooh. Like for some reason, I always thought about like Remington Steel and Heart to Heart and these like 70s detective mm. shows. And I thought, oh, wouldn't it be cool is they know something's wrong. And so she changes to trying to figure out what's going mm. on. And so then they play some detective episodes that past stage because those were that was like the heyday of the detective show right yeah, yeah. you got your kojaks your columbos etc remington steals and if they like follow the if the show followed sort of the 
the peaks and troughs of, of, of the genres that were big in the decades they were of the history of television. Mm. And so we like hit the seventies and now we're going to do a lot less happy go lucky. Like we, I don't want to see, um, the Brady Bunch. I want to see, yeah, Remington Steel. But also it, it like that move plays into where we are with the other half, which is there are mysteries and we yes. don't know what they are. We want more. And I think that would be such a cool thing for them to do. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that's it's a that's a very cool move and would be very uh for me as well would be very welcome. It's not something I'd sort of thought of really. My my general thoughts about going forward were getting more into what's what's going on and and the breaking of or the breaking down of this little area, world, mind, dimension, whatever it is that, that she is in, and the acceleration of that, basically. Yeah. Um I I think Maybe, and, we, and we, we've seen images, uh, stills at least, and in parts of the trailer and things where it does jump through time a little bit. Where it gets into the, you know, there's a bit more of a 70s aesthetic in, in terms of sort of what they're wearing and their styling and stuff yeah. like that as well. So we know it does do that, but that changing in genre would be really interesting on top of that move through time. And I, I do wonder whether we get through to present day. And, you know, I, I, whether this is an eight run series or a 10, I don't know the kind of the episode number, but whether, you know, they've, they've chucked out the first two, which is this 50 style because they fit together quite well. The next episode jumps in time. The one after that kind of jumps in time and we keep going until we get to present day. And if it is one, the working through things that we hit the current time and she's like, suddenly she has like a memory hit and she's like oh no this isn't this isn't real this isn't where i am this isn't the 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 right kind of situation and and that is how it sort of plays out uh that's what i think might happen i don't know whether that's what i want to happen um but i do want the acceleration of the, the the breakdown i want i want whatever that is to be kind of really interesting but also quite a big and a pivotal moment for the mcu Moving forward, you know, I don't want the big hits and the, the the big moments to always be in the films. It'd be good that the TV shows have that same kind of impact on the universe going forward, rather than it kind of just being supplementary to to the movies. So again, when Winter Falcon and Winter Soldier comes out later in the year. Rather than it just being like, oh, this is just these two hanging out together for a couple of weeks and doing some stuff, that it has some yeah. ramifications uh, going forward for the for the movies and things. I want these TV shows to be a to be a part. Unlike when Shield came out and it was kind of like, oh yeah, we react to the movies, but we have no actual impact I, upon the world. I think that's the thing they've learned. Mm. Um. And the, the, now that everything is consolidated, like, um, I would be surprised given how well Mandalorian happened, et cetera, and the fact that they're announcing all of these expansions. Yeah. Also, the theaters, cinemas died for a year yeah. before they announced all these things. I'm sure they've realized that, like, the now more than ever, are we, like, my worry is that they'll double down into streaming to the point where they do pull a Warner Brothers and say, cinema's dead and prematurely because like some things are best done in the giant place with a group of people yeah i think definitely. uh event cinema is going to be more like more the common which in my life already is like I, mm-hmm. there's so few movies i go to yes. the cinema for um and i think that's the future 
and how, what that means to prices, et cetera. I don't know. And, but like, yeah, I think they learned from the biggest complaints of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. with the ABC show, which was an ABC show, right? Which is a division of Disney, but they, you, like, you feel how tenuous that link is and it showed, right? Like mm. they didn't, they like, except for that thing in New York. They didn't really mention anything. And then when you think about like the Avengers and like getting all these superheroes together and S.H.I.E.L.D. is part of some of these storylines, but they're not like, oh yeah, we have this team of like five real badasses who've saved the world a couple of <laughs> yep. times. Keep them away. They're the B team. Sorry, they're the ABC team. Um, like it just doesn't make sense. And I feel like they've figured that out to the point where like they seem to be letting Sony build more of a corner of their universe with the next and the multiverse stuff with the Spider-Man 3 stuff. Mm-hmm. And apparently, uh, what's his name? The guy, uh, who played Daredevil is now going to be in Spider-Man 3. Oh, it's Spider-Man 3, really? That's what I read, yeah. Not uh, well, um, from the Netflix show, not Ben Affleck, Charlie Cox. No, 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 yeah, no, Charlie, yeah. Um, which is an interesting way of, like, gathering the mm. tendrils but not under your umbrella. So I don't know, it might, it, I might be, that might have been just, um, I recall it being a decent site which said it, but I don't recall if it, how... Whether it's just a bit of hearsay or... Uh, yeah, w- whether they say we've got proof tweets. or whatever. But it, I mean, we'd see a lot of... I mean, that movie alone is just bringing in a whole bunch of stuff. Mm. And, like, we know the multiverse exists, etc. Like, this all seems like a very big push to have... Expand the ability to tell a bunch of simultaneous stories and do big and small screen, etc. And, uh yeah, I think... um I'm excited to see this very, this feels kind of like I'm worried that this show might not be great, except it might be one of the classic, we need this to do the next thing things, mm. which like Ultron kind of suffered for yeah. was like, this is just the middle of Avengers movie. Mm. But also we get these characters. <laughs> is it good? <laughs> <laughs> and like, like, and the Thors and the Iron Man twos and threes are like, oh, okay. Right. They're okay, yeah. but a lot of them were just like part of the umbrella, not necessarily thought of in and of themselves in a vacuum. Mm-hmm. And uh, I hope this TV show doesn't live too much in that space, though it clearly is doing that role. Yeah. Um, the interesting things I will say uh, is um, Randall Park, who plays Jimmy Woo, Agent Jimmy Woo. Uh, in the Ant-Man movies is cat is cast in this. Right. And okay. It definitely sounds like that's him on the radio. Ooh. So like, again, so, so, so this feeds into my theory that the person on the radio is not the same as the, is not from sword. The person on the radio is trying to like, who, like who's doing this to you? Like, like the dialogue very much seems like I, I'm your friend looking for you. And Sword seems very much like a, I am hiding from you. Mm, mm. Or at least she doesn't, right? It, it feels disjointed. I believe that is the, I think the central fight over Wanda and wherever she is and is like Sword and Shield fighting mm. in this good bad guy sort of, I'm on your side, but maybe not fully on your side Shield. Um, but the other casting I didn't realize, except for that Tayana Paris, um, who played Geraldine. Mm-hmm. Is dual rolled and um, I don't Monica Rambeau uh, and Geraldine and Monica Rambeau 
is um, also played by Tiana Paris in um, Captain Marvel 2. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Which... When's that going to be set? I thought it was now. Wasn't Captain Marvel 2 now? I don't know. Oh, I see. A story editor on WandaVision penned the script. Right. So, yeah. Uh, but I mean, the fact that she's playing Monica Rambeau in that, and she plays Monica Rambeau and Geraldine in WandaVision, super interesting, cause like, is Geraldine, like you said, like, like, is Monica Rambeau like in this world pretending to be Geraldine, or is Geraldine like modeled on Monica Rambeau? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Super interesting. I, I don't normally go this deep, but I pulled up the IMDb and I'm like, wait, I recognize a couple of these. The other one is, of course, Kat Dennings is going to be a big part of the series. And she was in Thor. Is she? she was the, yeah, oh. she plays Darcy Lewis. I, 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 wow. Okay. Yeah, right. Like, so this is why I think we must, e- we're either escaping to different pot, pods of people. Mm. Or these are the people who are coming in in some way, shape, or form. I mean, they, we don't know how long the, big these parts are, right? But, um, right? <laughs> like main character from Thor and Thor two, but then lost to the rest of like just didn't really show up in the other ones. Mm. Um, and she's not part of Shield. She's just an intern, grad studenty sort of scientist helper. Okay. Thing, and it, if I recall Thor, right. yeah. And what's the what's the Doctor from Thor? Bill Skarsgård. What's his character called? He's not going to. Is he is he coming in it as well? He, he going up here. I, he he doesn't show up on the cast list of this. Uh, Interesting. Uh, no, no. I, I've given you the ones that I I, I recognize, yeah. and and they go pretty. Uh, so I, I what I'm not going to do for reasons of spoilers is say how many episodes any of these people sure. are in because now that I've seen this, I'm like. It gives me an idea of things. Yeah. If people want that, they can go and find that themselves. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Because uh, I didn't want to know necessarily how long certain characters might be in or out of the show, uh-huh. right? Like, that that's a, a lot. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, uh, that's actually our hour, conveniently. Mm. Uh, so, before we actually wrap up, I, I just want to say, finish my thought from earlier, which is, in my opinion, um, I think... This is something that if you aren't drawn in by the black and white sort of pastiche, if you don't have that nostalgia, I'd wait a week or so mm. to hear what people are semi-spoiler free humming about this next colorized thing. Like, if it is the same genre and you're just not into sitcoms, it might be worth waiting to binge the season when you get a yeah. better idea of how what the balance is of, like sitcom send-ups and marvel show um is uh yeah also it might be incredibly disappointing and you know there's no reason in this day and age to struggle through a couple hours of meh uh so yeah but if you are if you do have a nostalgia for sort of older american television uh you get that even if you don't care about marvel mm. Uh, and I'll, I, I'm curious and I have seen a lot of the Marvel stuff except for the Shield show. I watched like two or three seasons of that yes. and I was like, nope, I'm done with yep. this. Same. Um, but I think I've seen everything else that's been MCU canon. Um, 
But yeah, also the yeah the Legend Show is worth checking out on Disney Plus if you have it. Uh, apparently, because I didn't know about it or didn't watch it because I have a reasonable background, mm-hmm. but it sounds like it gives enough so that you don't have to feel like you have to watch Age of Ultron and everything in between to get a sense of what might be happening. Nice. Uh, that's my thoughts on the show, Ben. What do you think? Uh, I mean, generally. The, the same, really. Uh, if you're, if you're not a fan of those 50 sitcoms and you haven't watched it yet, maybe give it a couple of weeks. Uh, I'd imagine we're at either, either eight or ten episodes around there for the, for the run. So, nine. Ridiculous. So maybe wait till you get sort of four or five episodes in before you kind of uh, give it a shot. Um, but I think it's it's interesting at, at the moment with the you know there's I mean there's lots of different shows out there for people to watch. But if you want a little fix of Marvel at the moment, and they're what thirty minutes long, something like that. Twenty. They're 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 a standard American sitcom. Yeah. Twenty two, yeah. twenty three minutes and, and, they, with pretend commercial breaks. The, well, the, the 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 last thing of note, I did enjoy the pretend commercial breaks that they that they throw in. Uh, the, the radio, the Stark 3000, uh, radio and perfect toast and machine. The, yeah. the Hydra watch as well. The, the Strucker. The Strucker. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So there's some very good little Easter eggs in there as well to give you those little, ooh, ah, moments too. Uh, but so far, interesting. Just needs to speed up a little bit. Yeah, agreed. Uh, so, uh, so yeah, um, Ben, if people wanted to talk to you about the things that you like and enjoy, Ooh. or just tell you about the things they like and enjoy, how would they do that to you? Uh, I am almost everywhere at Nova underscore 47, N-O-V-A underscore 47. Uh, and I similarly am at the Omniarch, T-H-E-O-M-N-I-A-R-C-H, except on Twitch, where I'm the underscore Omniarch. Uh, we here can be contacted at podcast at outoflives.net. Outoflives.net is where our internet home, where we also, uh, Ben writes articles. Uh, we both do some streams here on the Twitch channel, uh, where we broadcast live usually every Monday at noon. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also, um, have both co-host with our good friend Lucy, uh, tanked up the podcast all about beer and video games, uh, Tuesdays at eight British time normally. Um, uh, uh, on Twitch, we also have Rodari's Insomnia Stream, which is late night gaming fun times with Rodari. And yeah, uh, other than that, uh, please like, subscribe, follow, etc. on whatever platform you happen to have stumbled upon us on and tell your friends about us. That'd be great. Uh, yeah, so don't be a stranger. And thanks again for another week. I've been Adil. I've been Ben. Bye www.outoflives.net